This is Trackside with Kurt Cavan and Kevin Lee. Over the last two years, many of us have spent a lot of time apart, away from our normal lives. Our cities became empty. Our hearts became lonely. The things we loved to do together took a backseat to a greater need. All the while, we found ourselves longing to get back to those moments we once took for granted. For more than a century, anticipation for the Indianapolis 500 has been the tie that binds Indianapolis, Indiana to the entire world. No matter where you're from, this racetrack and this city are your home on race day. It's the spectacle of speed and the power of passion that brings hundreds of thousands of race fans to the largest single-day sporting event in the world. Back home again in Indiana. This May, for the first time in three years, we will no longer be apart. More than 300,000 will fill the vast grandstands. A hush will fall over the crowd. A buzz of energy that can't be explained will fill the Indiana air. A sense of pride and togetherness will consume us. It's a beautiful thing, really. Back home again in Indiana. What better place to call home than the Indianapolis Motor Speedway on race day? It's the soundtrack to the biggest homecoming celebration in all of sports. And this May, it's the tune that's calling us to come back together again. To come back to the spectacle. To come back home again. That'll get us going. Welcome Trackside in the month of May, nightly on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. I know we've played it before. We're probably going to play it again before we get to the 106th running of the Indianapolis 500. Voiced by IndyCar owner David Letterman. I saw it live during the Today Show uh, last week, and I've, I've watched it online uh, almost a dozen times so far and it still gives me goosebumps and it was cool just to see it on my television as well welcome to the program tonight i'm kevin lee kurt cavin is with us sam rumsa is in our indianapolis studios graham rahal is going to join us coming up in about 20 25 minutes in segment number two we have some things to talk about with graham and he's doing a cool thing today as well with one of his partners uh at kevin lee 23 at kurt cavin on the program tonight kurt how are you very good. It seems like I've seen you a lot today. We uh, had a rare opportunity to share a little time, and uh, it hasn't happened a lot in our COVID post-COVID world, so it was good to see you. So we went out and scouted out the uh, USAC building and the location for the Prime 47 Indy Burger Bash coming up on Monday, May 23rd, and we're going to share some more details tomorrow night. We're going to have a guest on the program that's talking about one of the the reasons I think you're going to want to be there, uh, but but we'll get into that a little bit. You didn't put the FaceTime up, or I would show you the new Jackson Lee Racing T-shirts that have just come in this afternoon that we will make available in some form or fashion. We'll probably sell some at the, the Prime 47 Burger Bash uh, and so forth. All right, now I see the FaceTime rolling, so I can <laughs> I can hold it up to the to the screen here. Um, so this this does really wonders for our radio audience, but I'll tweet a picture of it a little later on, and we'll put that out and see if you can see that around my my big microphone. We've got all of the partner logos there, and on the back we've got his number and a big logo for the IU Simon Cancer Center on the front. It's got the Cancer Center and Race for RP 
and Browning Chapman and Caldwell Realty and Subway and Spruce, the uh, primaries and the associates as well on the program. Sorry, I forgot to hit mute on the phone. So there we go. So technology gone, but but Kurt's in charge of the FaceTime link so we can see when the other is ready to talk. And we'll have uh, more information on all of this coming up in uh, just a, a little bit. So, you know, maybe we kind of start with uh, some some carryover from some of the things that we didn't get done last night coming out of, of the Honda Indy Grand Prix at Barber Motorsports Park. And, you know, I think we talked about the top five. Maybe the first place I want to start next is sixth in Scott McLaughlin. And I think, you know, in one way you can say Scott might have been a little bit disappointed, not converting a little bit higher, but... I, I checked in with him right after the race, and you know I think he's pretty satisfied with the way things are and the way they finished up, considering you know the two guys directly in front of him are Scott Dixon and Will Power, so no shame in that. The way I take Scott McLaughlin's performance out of this weekend is he is confirming what we think we thought after the first two, three rounds. Now, this is three different types of tracks that IndyCar has been at, and he's been fast. I think Scott McLaughlin, is he going to win the championship? I have no idea. Is he going to be there in the final weekend? I don't know about that, but I do think it's safe to say he's going to be in the mix all season long now. He is what people hyped him to be two years ago. I, I, I like how you preface that because I still am not convinced he's a championship contender. I, I'm going to eat those words, I'm sure. Uh, I think he's going to be competitive in a lot of places. Uh, I certainly thought that his, you know, first race win was very impressive. Uh, I think Chevy has got the leg up and he ought to be excited as long as, as well as the other uh, Chevrolet drivers heading to Indianapolis. Although we don't, we don't know yet what the oval will, will hold for power versus power, meaning engine manufacturer. But, you know, he's done very well and he should be very pleased with where he's at. And I take my hat off. And as you say, will he be a championship contender come race 17? I don't know, but he's certainly looking more and more like he could be. And if you're in the hunt, you got a shot. So good for him. And what can change it is if he wins the Indy 500, which he can, he's not the favorite, but he's going to be on that short list if indeed Chevy does have a slight advantage and being with Team Penske. And that's that may go a long way uh, towards determining the champion. It's certainly going to give you a chance because double points plus qualifying up front. If, if you conversely, if you crash out of the Indy 500, it's and two or three other championship contenders finish in the top five. It's going to be very difficult to overcome. I don't want to harp on this, but that's still why I, and I know some of the drivers really kind of wish double points went away for the Indy 500. Well, it, the problem is it it's such a crapshoot sometimes. Uh, maybe you don't make a mistake, but if someone else makes it in front of you or there's a situation mm-hmm. in front of you that takes takes you out of the championship contention for reasons not of your doing. And, and a good example of that would be, Graham Rahal's situation last year in in turn two, the crash in turn two, the wheel came off. That's a crew problem. uh, And I mean, unfortunate, but that's something they did to themselves. But trailing Graham was Connor Daly's car and he got struck by the, by the wheel and it didn't end his race. But my point is, you know, in that situation, you know, he's collected. It isn't his fault. Take Elio at Barber. You know, Alexander Rossi crashes. That's on him. But Elio was collected in it, and, uh, you know, nothing of his doing. He, I suppose he could have slowed down, but maybe the, the Rossi car uh, strikes his car. In this case, a piece of debris hit it, you know, flattens his tire. Y- you get my point. Uh, there's There are crashes, and then there are instances where you're collected, and that could be unfortunate in a championship contender's Uh, whole season and you could simply lose an engine like Fernando Alonso did and others have done and I get a sense that the engine race is really tight so they're going to be pushing the envelope that's that's what happens you're trying to find every two to three horsepower you can because the others have upped their game 
You know, if if Chevy is indeed better, Honda's going to try to match that. Maybe one of the reasons Chevy is better because they've turned it up and decided, you know what, we're going to take some chances. We may lose one or two a race, but those that do last are going to be able to win races. So my only objection to uh, your example is that in the case of Alonzo, Honda was on board with the team. It's a partner with the team. And if the team collectively, whether it's a crew member or the engine manufacturer or the driver makes a mistake or creates a situation that causes them to retire from the race, that's on them to a degree. And I hear what you're saying. It's not like, you know, in this case, uh, my example, where where somebody else takes you out. That's my point. Uh, yep. So we're on the same yeah, page. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Uh, so that was one of the other storylines from the weekend. We talked a lot about Grosjean. And Ray Hall, uh, who still get nice results of that seventh and eighth, and and we'll talk with Graham in in a few minutes. What happened to Alexander Rossi in the last ten? Maybe someone else knows this. I wasn't covering his pit, but he looked like he was in line for fourth or fifth, and he slides down to ninth. Not awful, but it's you know kind of another mad day that started with a good. It was a great recovery from a crash to qualify. What did he qualify fifth? And to finish ninth, I'm sure, comes away just a little bit disappointing. Yeah, I can't speak to it specifically. I've looked at the lap chart. You know, in the first through the first pit stop, he was still in the top five. Uh, he had the that first pit stop. Uh, really was still, I guess he was still fourth after the pit stop. In fact, he ran fourth all the way to the last pit stop. And then as you look at it, he just kind of slowly faded a little bit as he came out of the pits. Uh, he dropped to uh, seventh, he dropped to eighth, and then finally he was in the ninth and then the 10th spot before he got one of those spots back, I believe, uh, maybe two of them. But the point is he kind of, you know, it was after that final pit stop where he just kind of lost a couple positions. I don't think anything major happened to him, but his car clearly wasn't, wasn't where it had been uh, in that last stint. So he obviously doesn't know either. I just went to look up his quote and, and Alex is usually pretty honest and will, you know, if there was a problem in the pits, he would politely say that in a nice way, but he just says, I don't really understand why we lost so many spots, but here we are. It feels like a missed opportunity, but we'll focus on the rest of, of May now. So not certain if there was, you know, and it could just be you lost, maybe you lost a half a second on that final stop. And sometimes that's the difference. And we don't always see it if you don't pit on the same lap as the people you are directly competing with. And maybe they beat you on their in and out laps. Colton Herta provided a lot of entertainment. Well, how high could he, I still haven't had a chance to watch the race back, but he, he spun late, right? I wasn't covering him either, but he had worked his way up and he was by far the best of the three stoppers. And it seems like he was in line to maybe finish sixth or seventh. Is that right? That's right. He was, uh, as I recall, the spin, it was for sixth place uh, with McLaughlin, I believe. Uh, So they were, you know, he was gaining. What was interesting, let's, let's back up a little bit. It was interesting. You know, he came out essentially behind Joseph Newgarden, got around Joseph and then left him in traffic. Mm. Uh, He managed traffic really well. Joseph did not. And he kind of kept climbing, kept climbing. And it was, he was really kind of the, the show for lack of a better phrase. And, you know, he gets to, uh, to McLaughlin and then in turn five, he tried to go underneath him and, and lost the back end and spun around cost him, I don't know, four or five positions, three or four. And that's kind of where he ended up. So he's probably going to finish fifth or sixth. You're right. He was the best of the three stoppers, but you know, still, you know, that, that strategy had to work. And it only could work if, you know, uh, Callum Island had not spun. Power really salvaged something great out of his day, going from 19th to 4th. And this is not as great, but really good for Simon Paginot to go from 24th to 11th because I chatted with him uh, right before the race. And, you know, the first thing he said is he, he was walking to his car as we were talking. So where is my car? Why is it this far away? Because he was starting in 24th and it kind of hit him. Oh, my goodness. I am not used to being this far back from the front. Are we ever going to get to where my car is parked? And then it was just, you know, we're not very good. Uh, We haven't been very good. 
we tested here and we thought we were really good and don't know if it's the slight change in the tire compound because it was a little bit different than the test, but we just didn't figure it out. Elio was a little happier than he was, but he was at least as far as the weekend went, but his car was not good during the race either. So Pagano, I think, felt great uh, by making the two-stopper work, saving fuel, and passing a few cars in the mid-race to to pick up, I think, the most spots. Marcus Erickson is one of those that, you know, I don't think he had a winning car, but if the three-stopper had played out, if there's not the eyelot spin, who knows? As I said last night, I would have been fascinated to see how that would have worked out because I think they'd have all been mixed in there pretty good. I think the two stoppers still would have had it, but certainly Herta and maybe Erickson and maybe Newgarden would have been in the mix on the three stop category. No, I agree with you. I was I was really disappointed when that caution came out because you know, I don't know whether I was cheering for two stops or three stops to prevail. It, you know, it really didn't matter, but I thought it was going to be interesting. It was one of those races, the distance was right, the track conditions were right, and the field, if you will, was right, meaning you had some of the really top-notch drivers on one strategy and, and others on, they were mixed, you know, on the three. So you had them on both sides of the uh, strategy equation. And I think, I think we mentioned this last last night it's it's well well put i think that was as good a drive from will power as we've seen in a long time that was a terrific terrific drive i was keeping an eye on where he was as he moved through the field just just definitely passing cars and and uh you know he did that on the two strategies so he you know he was on the two with with all these other good guys uh that he passed rossi and graham and and McLaughlin and Dixon, they were all on the same strategy. So he didn't, he didn't snooker them. He, he really, you know, drove to the front. So that was, that was fun to watch. And, and Pagano, same thing. He had, he was up higher than actually 11th for, for some time. So Pagano ought to be happy, although he's probably questioning his qualifying session. And again, power uh, was kind of the star of the show other than Colton Herta. And I should mention Grosjean, too, when we talk about three-stoppers, what might have been. He actually was the highest finisher of the three-stoppers. I had forgotten that that he did a, a three-stop strategy as well. So at one point, I think uh, Herta was ahead of him and tops on that strategy. But with the spin that Herta had, Grosjean actually finished the best in that category in seventh. Um, on the other side of things, and you know, I guess also just a couple of other okay days. I think this is an okay day. For Takuma Sato, still a developing program, learning things with Dale Coyne racing without a lot of testing. So I think finishing 13th for them is okay at this point. Not as okay for Joseph Newgarden. That's a little bit of a championship hit, but he's got some points in the bank with with back-to-back wins. I would say pretty decent day for Christian Lungard, finishing 15th. I would say pretty good day for Devlin DeFrancesco. Put one together, you know, nothing went wrong for him, finishes 17th. Solid for him, but on the other end, this is the third time Felix Rosenquist has qualified well, and, and as I reported a couple of times, he wasn't putting undue pressure on himself. Like, I have to hit a home run right now. I have to capitalize and win or get a podium. He, he said, we just need a result. We just need a result. And by that, I take that to mean, you know, top five, type, top six, top seven, and they were in position for that and didn't get it done. And I don't really know why other than I was covering him. Uh, I'd have to talk to him to find out. But he was the first to stop on the two-stop strategy. I remember this. He stopped on lap 28, which was a lap or two early than everyone else. I thought they'd be okay that the caution would put them back fine. But I still recall hearing a little bit of fuel saving on his radio in that next stint or the final stint, and that's because he was in line to be, you know, 10th, 11th, and some of the three stoppers got in there, but that has to be hugely disappointing to come away 16th. Yeah, it, it really is, and, you know, as we look at what Aero McLaren SP might do in 2023, they're talking about three cars, so, you know, Pato's there, and we have every reason to believe that Alexander Rossi's there. That conversation is in last night's podcast you can get on 107.5 The Fan, as was all the all the shows this week and next and as we move through the month of May. But, um, 
you know, Felix, you know, you just don't know. It just doesn't feel like the momentum is going in the right direction. Uh, they like him. He's seemed to have been racier this year um, than he was last year, but it still doesn't feel like the kind of season that would earn him a, a you know, a return to that team. And, you know, I like Felix about as much as anybody I like in that paddock. He's a very nice man. I think he's a great race car driver, a very good race car driver, I should say. Maybe great's too strong, but he's very good, obviously. And uh, I would I hate it for him because I, I I think the series is better having a guy like Felix in this in this sport. And I didn't ask him much about this, but I probably I should the next time because you know when you think about it. He wasn't as strong in year two with Ganassi as he was in year one. Yes, he got the win, but I'm starting to wonder if the arrow screen has impacted him as well, like it seems to have impacted Alexander Rossi uh, a little bit. So something has changed because he wasn't – let me go back and look at his results from 2020. But, you know, 2019, he was really strong. 2020, he finished 11th in the championship with Ganassi. Now, when you win a race – that kind of a race is the fact that you're not really a championship contender. His best start that year was seventh. He had the win at Road America. He finished fifth at uh, one of the road course races at IMS, sixth at Mid-Ohio. But his 2019 rookie season with pre-Arrow kit was better. He won a pole. He started third at St. Pete in Toronto, fourth at Detroit, fifth at Circuit of the Americas in Portland, sixth at Mid-Ohio. So look at all those fast sixes. That's just outright pace. And then he finished second at Portland and Mid-Ohio, fourth at St. Pete, Detroit, fifth, Toronto, and I think Laguna Seca is the other. So just a stronger rookie season. Now to the contract, I chatted with him a little bit about that as well, and he said, I have had talks with Zach Brown, and we have kind of agreed to table it, but they tell me I'm still, I'm still a possibility. We're not ready to commit at this point, and he understands that. He said, you know, frankly, I was saved last year because I had a multi-year contract. I've always, most drivers are this way. I understand. I have to perform. And if I don't, unless I'm bringing big amounts of money and Felix does not bring a check, he's been a hired driver. I understand that I always have to perform and I'm fine with that. And frankly, I got lucky last year that I had a multi-year contract. I think Scott Dixon told me that when I was asking him a couple of years ago about, you know, you think about where you were after you won a championship in 04 and the, the last couple of years oh, of Toyota, well, oh, 03, 03, and then the 04, 05 season were just miserable. And I, I, he may have been half joking, but he said, you know, I remember all the teammates that got fired, the Darren Mannings, the Ryan Briscoes, there were probably seven or eight different guys rolling through there. And he said, I think I might have been saved because I was early on in a multi-year contract or I might have been out the door as well. Uh, maybe Chip Ganassi knew that the talent was there and the program wasn't. So you're not going to you'd seen enough. But that was early in the career. So back to Felix, same consideration. And I still I still think he's going to have results, but I get more and more worried each each weekend because this is one of those that should have resulted and at least a top 10, but that's the challenge. And what makes IndyCar so difficult is that we think Felix should be in the top 10, but as we've said before, we'll go down that roster and the entry list, and we'll name 15, right, that are top yeah. 10 drivers. And they, 15 does not fit into 10. So a couple of thoughts that uh, come to mind is the problem with the way the IndyCar or racing series uh, tend to work is these decisions are made much earlier than the end of the season. So if yeah. he ends up running strong in the last three or four races, it's probably too late. They've probably already made a decision largely. Second of all, to point out that you talk about top 15, coincidentally, he's 16th and he only has five more points than Jimmy Johnson. And we know that Jimmy's, you know, had three races where he's, he's struggled uh, given the street circuit and road courses involved. So that tells you how few points Felix has. And, um, you know, it's it's lonely down there in the bottom half of the pack. And, and you know, it's it's going to be – he's going to have to get busy quickly because, uh, as I said, I think Errol McLaren is going to make a decision midsummer at the latest. He, he needs a good GP and a good 500 because I suspect they're going to want to, if not before, at least start – 
making decisions by early June because anyone else out there that they really like. Now, it probably helps that we think Alexander Rossi is set and Pato Award appears to be set. But where are they going after that? Are they going to go after Renus VK? You know, that's one that could be out there. Is Kyle Kirkwood set and done with Andretti? If not, they're going to make another run at Kyle Kirkwood, which, which we think they did last year. Those are probably the top two free agents. I what would about think Callum Eilat? I think Callum Eilat is is going to be someone to be looked at as well. Um, so, yes, I, I think that is a driver to watch, and somebody might get a steal there. And maybe Ricardo already has him locked up with uh, – it's a one plus one where there's an option. But here's how I'm going to guess that works. Because he's been hired, I believe Callum is not bringing anything. He's been hired to drive that car. So generally when that happens, just like Pato Award has kind of explained, you don't have a lot of leverage. So you are happy to get hired. So if the team is going to make that commitment to you, they are likely going to protect themselves in some fashion and hold the option for you either outright for year two or it may be an early exit. Whereas, uh, you know, if you find something else, whatever the date is, June 1st, June 15th, uh, maybe it's even earlier than that, uh, you have the right to look for something else. But if you want us to guarantee you for year two, you have to commit to us to a certain point. Uh, so who knows? But but yes, I would agree. He's someone else to keep an eye on there at uh, at that juncture. Uh, so I think let me let me pick back to the box score. Is there anybody else from the box score that we really need to mention one way or the other as to what they did in this race? Jack Harvey, I'm sure, comes away a little bit disappointed from where things are at. Um, Kyle Kirkwood, the car wasn't particularly good, but then they had uh, a wheel gun failure on the right front, not a person failure, just the equipment failed and. They sat in pit lane for an extra 15 or 20 seconds or so. He's a lap done. His race is especially done. Callum Eilat, we should mention him. For someone that didn't see the race, a lot better than a 25th place result. I saw him in the airport. He was hugely frustrated. My point to him was, no, you showed that you and the team are on the right path this weekend. But, you know, he's just looking at so much more was possible. Well, he should have qualified or should have started higher than 11th even. He... um he was in the mix uh, to potentially advance, and the caution came out for Marcus Erickson. It not only uh, impacted Colton Herta's time, but also Callum Eilat. That was another one. There was probably a couple yep. others that thought they were going to turn a, a quick time. But Eilat probably was going to be higher than, than starting 11th, actually. Yeah, he started 11th. Uh, I was thinking he actually was 12th because Marcus was moved down, but but yeah, he had a terrific weekend, and that's his first effort into round two. And um, you know, I think he had a shot at, at the fast six. We'll get to some of your Twitter questions coming up at Kevin Lee twenty three at Kurt Cavan. Our news of the day is still on the way, and no need to tweet a question for Graham Rahal. So I'll be fully transparent. I chatted with Graham a little while ago, so I cannot adjust the questions that I've already asked to him, but we're going to hear that conversation coming up in a moment. And Kurt and I are back uh, before we wrap things up. And don't forget beyond the bricks with Jake and Mike coming up at eight o'clock tonight on 93.5 and 107.5. The fan. Hi, this is Graham Rahal and you're listening to Trackside on 93.5 and 107.5. The fan. Thanks for staying with us on Trackside 93.5, 107.5. The fan. We're in the month of May every night getting set to go. Not only for the Indy 500, but we've still got the road course race at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway coming up. Graham Rahal joins us now. It is May 3rd, 5-3, and that works out very nicely with one of the Rahal Letterman Lanigan partners, Fifth Third Bank. We'll talk about that in just a second, but um, anything else going on after the race from Sunday, Graham? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, not not right now, man. I uh... You know, it's uh, we're we're busy. We're busy moving on with life. We've got uh, a lot of exciting stuff happening. Obviously, um, our partnership with Fifth Third Bank we've got some great stuff going on in the community right now. But uh, just just focus towards the Grand Prix. We're excited and ready to go. 
Well, as I said, when, when I was talking to you on the Peacock post-race show, we like honesty, and I think the fans do too. We don't have to rehash the opinions you offer because everyone's seen that at this point. But I would just ask you any concern of any blowback, any um, affirmation from others saying, um, yeah, we kind of share that same opinion, and, and we appreciate you stating that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, that's all I'll say. Okay. Yeah. There's plenty. There's plenty, Kevin. There's will, plenty. Will if you I, want if I to have my a... text message? If I showed my text message chain from the last two days, uh, man, all the Twitter warriors would be very upset. Very upset. <laughs> Should there be, will there be a conversation with Romain Grosjean before the next race? Not for me. Oh, I've already talked to him. You know, we okay. can just move on and. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll move on and move forward. So I don't, um, you know, that that's all fine with me. So I, like I said, man, I, uh, with all, with all respect, I, you know, it's time. I, I just got to flip the page. We got to move forward. There's a lot more uh, racing to be done this year. We're excited, um, you know, for, for that. And, uh, you know, we'll just, uh, just, just turn, as I just said, turn the page and move on. I want to get back to racing in a moment and, and how the season has gone, but I want to make sure we have some time to talk about what uh, works out very well from a date perspective and that you're going to be a second time dad in the near future. Again, congratulations. Uh, so tell me what's going on with fifth third bank that coincides with five, three day. Yeah. So it's exciting times for us. And as a, as a new dad and expecting another, I think you, uh, you get this, um, you know, we're, we're excited to be uh, working with Fifth Third Bank today on May, May 3rd, of course, 5-3. Uh, we always go out in the community. Uh, we, we, we typically, um, you know, try to, to, to give back in several different ways, whether that's been in the past and even later today with Gleaners Food Bank, whether that's been planting gardens and uh, herb gardens and things like that in the inner city to help kids and inspire kids, whether that's feeding at, at local, um, you know, food pantries and things like that today is kind of unique because today is really pretty special i think and and that's it fifth third bank is giving every baby every there's 20 participating hospitals in central indiana every baby born today is going to be gifted 1053 dollars from fifth third bank to start a 529 college savings plan which I don't need to go into giving everybody that's listening to financial talk, but I'll tell you right now that that's a super important thing. Um, you know, particularly today with the talks about student debt and, and with the talks about rising intuition, uh, rising tuition costs and things like that, you know, to, to be able to start on day one with 1,053 bucks in your savings plan, mm -hmm. that's a huge deal. And I think fifth third bank should be applauded, you know, for their commitment. Um, in that regard, we've already given a couple away. The families are just totally in awe. Um, you know, and I'm, I'm very, uh, grateful, um, to be in this position to, to be out here in the community helping, but also just grateful to have sponsors, you know, like fifth third bank, like United rentals, um, like one cure and all of these others that are so charitable and give back and do so much. Um, it's fun for me as a driver. It's really unique to be in, in the position, uh, to be able to help the community like that. I can vouch for the 529 college savings account because we are reaping some benefit of what we started about 18 years ago right now. So that that's good to get ahead. And we never put a whole lot into it, but now it's, well, it's just, this is like free money that we're, we're taking advantage of at this point for college. Uh, yeah, and I mean, you know, it is right. Like, I mean, yeah. it's, yes, it's income and all that sort of stuff too. But at the end of the day, you know, it is, um, you're not taxed on it. You know, if you, exactly. if you put that money into the account, you know, you don't pay your income tax as a parent on that money. Uh, you know, that money, it gets, it gets, as long as it's used properly 20 years down the road, uh, then, then it's, uh, it's tax free, which is a pretty amazing thing. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I, like I said, I'm honored to be able to be out here today and, and to be able to help give back and start the month of May. I mean, clearly, I know that's where we're probably headed with this conversation, but May is, is here, um, you know, and we're excited for the Grand Prix and, and everything else that's to come. So one more question on this. Uh, we've still got time before, I assume, up until midnight tonight, if someone has a baby in central Indiana at one of these 20 hospitals, 
do they need to do anything? Do they need to contact Fifth Third if, if somebody hears, hey, a friend had a baby today, I want to get in on this? No, so every baby at the 20 participating hospitals in central Indiana, every baby will get this. So gift boxes will be run around. Uh, yes, it's a 24-hour period. So it started, you know, at obviously 12.01, the morning of the, of the third here, and it's going to end at midnight tonight. And, uh, you know, there's, there's going to be a lot of, lot of high, I think they're estimating around 140 babies will be born in central Indiana today. Um, for some reason, I thought that number would be a lot higher, but I guess I would have too. Well, yeah. but they're estimating around 140 babies. Um, you know, I started the day at Eskenazi Health, uh, Riley Children's Hospital. Uh, myself, those are the places I visited, but to, you know, clearly a lot more hospitals are going to be having babies and de doing deliveries today. And, um, you know, my first visit was to the NICU uh, to deliver uh, a gift box to, to a, a mother who had a, had a beautiful little girl. Um, and man, it brought back so many flashbacks, Kev, of, you know, uh, only a year and a half ago. Well, I guess it's gone by quickly, but a year and a half ago you know, to my little girl being in NICU and uh, she wasn't there long, luckily, but, you know, to see the look on the mom's face when we told her what, what she was going to get. And, you know, for this lady, I, I, I could clearly see this was life changing. Uh, and to see that the excitement um, was, was, I mean, that, that makes your day. You don't need yeah. anything else. You know, that, that gets you going. That makes it all, all work it. Yeah, that's cool. And as you said, it is fantastic. You know, we got to make the racing business work, but so much better if you have partners that part of their mission is to give back as well. And, and Ray Hall Letterman Lanigan has been very fortunate in that path. Let's get to the racing results uh, and, and performance has been strong. And I would say in all four races, the race has gone well. You were on your way to the front at Texas before you got collected. Where do you think things are at right now as we really get going in May? Well, I mean, I think that we're, you know, we're, we're on the right track. I mean, obviously we would have liked to get our points, um, you know, at Texas, uh, but that wasn't in the cards, you know, yep. and uh, you know, aside from that, I look at where our finishes are, you know, seventh, seventh and eighth. Clearly we would have liked to have a seventh, seventh and seventh or a fifth, fifth and fifth or, or win, you know, but that, that, that hasn't happened for us yet. And, you know, we just, uh, I, I think at the end of the day, we, we just put our heads down here collectively and keep working. We, we are not there yet for sure, man, you know, but we're trying and, you know, we are, we are getting better. Uh, I think that's all we can say. I mean, we are, we are getting better. Um, the cars are, are getting stronger. It's taken a lot of work for us to get to this stage. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I, I feel like we're headed down the right path. And, you know, that's all I can ask for at this stage. And the, the GP, the IMS road course has been one of your stronger tracks. You've had some, uh, what, a couple of years ago, I think you qualified up front. You always passed a lot of cars there. Yeah. And, you know, we almost, uh, man, I thought we were going to win it, you know, a couple of years ago, yep. um, you know, but uh, came up, came up short. Uh, that's life. And uh, we just, we, we just got to keep, uh, you know, keep pushing. Um, you know, I think the Grand Prix finished second there two times maybe, uh, but we've always been fast uh, and competitive at that place. I love the, I, I absolutely love the, uh, the, the GP and the track layout. And the, the best thing I think for us as a team is just quite simply is that, you know, Jack's strong there. We know Christian had a great run there last year in his first attempt. So, you know, so I just feel that, you know, we're, we're going down a really good path. And I think, uh, we can be, we can be really good. Uh, how close is the shop in Zionsville to being ready? Well, um, yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's this summer, isn't close. it? The, the uh, summer? I think it's gonna, yeah. I think it's gonna be done maybe in July, but, uh, you know, at the end of the day, we probably can't move in there till, till next year, until, uh, the, the season is over. So maybe October, November, somewhere around there, but we're really excited by that. I mean, I'm just seeing great, you know, progress there. And, uh, you know, I think that's going to help us a lot just to bring all of our, resources in-house um you know it's going to give us a lot more flexibility to to do our jobs better um whether that's on the driving side you know with some not not a major simulator but having some simulation possibilities to you know the physical fitness side of it is going to be awesome uh the, the gym that we have with my trainer ryan harbour um and everything that we're going to be able to do there versus you know currently what we're doing also the rehab facility side of it for the drivers and for the mechanics and everybody. Um, 
you know, it's a, it's a world-class facility. It just is. And we're excited by, you know, by that potential. Um, so I'm, I'm eager to, um, I'm eager to get out there and, and, and to get in there and, and it's right near my house too. So obviously from a selfish perspective, I'm super pumped about that. Um, <laughs> but it'll be, it'll be great. Speaking of the mechanics, you're more in tune with this side of the business than most other drivers I think would be. It's frankly been challenging with car counts going up a little bit. Every form of motorsport is struggling with the challenging schedules to find quality people. And you guys expanded this year. How, how are things on that front? Well, you know, I, I think we've been very fortunate um, from an expansion side. It's been really, really good. Um, you know, our, our, I feel like we've, we've been very lucky to have uh, genuinely good people. Like I look at Christian's car and Christian's car, I was saying to our guys the other day, you know, cause, cause Jack and my car really, you know, it just hasn't changed that much, you know, mm-hmm. but Christian's car, um, you know, was, was basically an all new group and man, you know, they, they hit a slam dunk, you know, with that, um, they did a great job. So I'm, I'm, definitely really pleased with what I've seen there. Um, those guys continue to, uh, you know, to, to work extremely well together and have been a great asset to our program. So I'm super, super pumped for them, but, uh, yeah, I, you know, look, we've been very lucky. I mean, on the engineering side and everything else, we, we have a great core, you know, I think that there's room for growth, frankly, you know, I think as we've grown to three full-time cars and some of the other things that we're doing, you know, clearly there's room for, for major growth. And, um, you know, and I'm, I'm excited to see what, uh, you know, what, what we can do in the off season. I, you know, we're, look, we're headed down the right path. Everybody knows that we've got great momentum going, um, you know, but we're also a team that is always looking into the future. We're also a team that's always trying to understand, you know, how are we going to get better? Uh, how are we going to push, push the, uh, you know, the envelope, uh, for our performance to, to improve because we are not good enough currently. Um, you know, we, we're not, and, uh, we've got great sponsors and great people. Um, but as you look towards the future, it's just, how do you, how do we, how do we improve? And I think just getting the depth, um, is one of those areas. So I'm excited to see what we can do this off season as well. I think I heard a car door slam. That means you've made it to your next destination on a busy day. So I'm going to let you go now. Thank you for the time. And really cool what Fifth Third is doing. And again, anybody that's having a baby in central Indiana today, over $1,000 coming your way to start their 529 college fund. Thanks, Graham. We'll talk to you soon. Absolutely, Kev. Thanks for having me. More uh, coming up in a moment. We'll see what we missed. Trackside continues, 93.5-1075, The Fan. Hi, this is Mark Erickson, and you're listening to Trackside. On 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. That's cool. That's the first time I've heard that. I'm a big Marcus Erickson fan. I I really enjoy talking with him. uh, And, you know, I would say I root for him. The the reality is there's no one I dislike. I kind of root for all of them. That's what's fun about instead of being, you know, previously in, in other lives, I've worked for teams where you have to live and die with one team. Uh, that's what's good about working in a sport with a lot of different teams and you're not working for one in particular somebody you like wins every week so that makes it fun so my daughter and son-in-law they watch every IndyCar race my daughter wears her Joseph Newgarden shirt and my son-in-law wears his Marcus or at Marcus Ambrose Marcus Erickson (laughs) his Marcus Erickson shirt it's uh it's quite hysterical the big number eight uh, when he wears that around the house, I, I, I get a, a good smile. Marcus Erickson is a great, great guy. Great guy and a really good race car driver as well. It's time for the Indianapolis Speed Drum and Circle City Raceway News of the Day. If you need more racing this month, look no further than the Tom Wood Group Indianapolis Speed Drum, powered by Lincoln Tech and Circle City Raceway. On Saturday night, the Indianapolis Speed Drum will again feature family-friendly racing action, great food, free parking, and lots of fun topped off by the Speedrum's world-famous wild and unpredictable figure eight and return of big wheel races for kids ages five and under for affordable family entertainment. You just can't beat this deal. Adult tickets, $10, kids eight and under are free information at speedrum.com. 
Newsofthedaycom. Our news of the day, Kurt, is? Well, it's a little bit past news of today, but uh, we didn't get a chance to highlight the good, the really good stories that came out of the Road to Indy and Indy Lights over the weekend. Miles Rowe and Jagger Jones, Jones being the grandson of, of Parnelli Jones and, and the son of P.J. Jones. Uh, and then in, they went in USF 2000 and Indy Pro 2000, Reese Gold and Nolan Siegel. And then really what turned out to be the race of the weekend, uh, Linus Lundquist holding off teammate Benjamin Peterson in the Indy Lights race on a drying track with with rain tires that were going away. Those guys were slipping and sliding. It was a fantastic race. Good on Lundquist and Peterson for putting on a show. Good for Miles Rowe and Jagger and Reese and Nolan for their victories. That is your news of the day. There's a little bit of heartbreak, too, in the Indy Lights race with some that were having good days that went away. Uh, turned out, you know, wet-to-dry races are always good. It turned out to be a really entertaining race. They've got a doubleheader coming up at IMS. That's one of the few doubleheaders. And then the other two series are going to have triple headers. I know USF 2000 races once on Friday and twice on Saturday as well probably should give the the jackson lee racing update for those that didn't follow on social media so i would say the summary is uh despite being really quick and testing not quick enough on the first day and did not qualify well for race one figured some things out for race two was really quick on the second day of qualifying everybody started q2 on old tires so it's essentially like two different segments and at the end of the first half of qualifying on the old tire runs he was second and then you put on the stickers and he was still generally top five and was fifth and uh, his data showed near the end of a lap on a lap that was several tenths better and was probably going to cycle up to second or so but you know may have slipped back to fifth or sixth because i'm sure others were on good laps red flag comes out you have to abort that lap and they got another lap. There was another red flag after one more lap, and he just didn't go better. Others did. So we only started second in the next race, lost some spots at the start, got him back, finished 10th. And the first race, so I don't know how to explain this. And if people are watching, they might wonder why, or if they look at the box score, why did Jackson Lee get a drive through penalty? Did he do something dirty? Here's what happened. And the other dads don't have to deal with this because they don't have radio shows. So I hope I don't get them in trouble with the people who are in race control. I understand it. It's one of those deals kind of like Elio being penalized for uh, being involved in a red flag when he simply runs over someone else's crash. So at the start of race one, uh, the two kids in front of him ran into each other. So Jackson's option was run into them because they were slowing to maybe a stop or veer to the right. Well, you're not allowed to get out of line at the start because this was right before the start finish line. And after he passed a few people in the first couple of laps, all of a sudden on lap three or four, we get, I see him driving through pit lane, drive through penalty for him and another kid. And by the letter of the law, it's correct. You are not allowed to pull out of line, but unfortunately your other option is crashing, which doesn't seem like a good one. So that's one of the, uh, ugly parts of it. So his race was over in race one before it even started. So that was our weekend. He's been fast at IMS. We're excited about that. And that is our Indianapolis Speedrome and Circle City Raceway news of the day. Now at Indy's Dirt Track, Circle City Raceway at the Marion County Fairgrounds, sprint cars dominate the month of May. On Sunday the 15th, the Jonathan Bird's 410 Sprint Cars headline a full night of action, along with Speed 2 Midgets, Outlaw Micros, and the Shirley Unlimited Snow Company, uh, Snow Company UMP Modifieds making their season debut. USAC has national sprint cars. They'll be racing the 25th and 26th with Indy Midget Week on June 8th. You can find out more at CircleCityRaceway.com. One other sad note we want to pass along, Kurt. I did. Uh, we lost uh, a good man in Lee Brayton. Uh, many of you know that name. Uh, he was a former driver in IndyCar. Uh, tried three times uh, to make the Indy 500 in the early 70s. Didn't make the Indy 500, but competed in several other races. He was best known for two things. One being the father of Scott Brayton, who's uh, sat on the pole a couple times for the Indy 500. And Lee Brayton built the 1998 winning engine 
driven by Eddie Cheever. Uh, Lee Brayton was uh, in the Motorsports Hall of Fame in Michigan, along with his son. He was 88 years old and a tremendous asset to the sport. He will be missed. Yep. Okay. A uh, couple of tweets. Kurt asks and, or says, I was at the track today and noticed the driver banners are not up on the outside of the stands. Are they not going up this year? Maybe just too early. I, hadn't, I don't know. I hadn't noticed that they weren't up yet, but uh, they, I'm sure they will be. Jeremiah Morell asks if the big wheel race I referenced last night was at Tri High. Oh, boy, that's a long time ago. I do not know where it was at. I doubt it was at Tri High because it was an elementary school. So and, and let, maybe, maybe they moved it over to the high school or maybe the elementary school was right next to the high school. But it was somewhere in Henry County, which is where Tri High School is located. So it could have been. Um, somebody did use the hashtag and slipped into my DMs with a question the other day about Tatiana Calderon. Uh, what was that? Just kind of uh, asking... Did we expect her to struggle like this? And unfortunately, I would say yes. Yes, we did. She, you know, honestly, she hasn't had super results in other junior formulas. So I don't think there was any expectation she was going to come in. And in all fairness, even if she had had super results in those other categories, she had very little test time. It's not like she was joining a program that was running up front. So this is a steep learning curve, and it was and is going to be uh, probably a little bit of a challenge for her to, her to get up speed. And that question, by the way, is, I found it, from Ryan. So there you go. We're out of time. We'll try again tomorrow. The good news is we have tomorrow and Thursday and Friday and every weeknight during the month of May. Hey, Ray Evernham is going to be on the show on Thursday night. He's got cool cars, including Mario 65 rookie car, the Brawner Hawk, the Dean Van Line special at the Meekum auction this year. So that's coming up on Thursday's show. Stay tuned. Beyond the Bricks with Jake Query, Mike Thompson. Up next, 93.5, 107.5, The Fan.